Welcome to the Abbot Loop Community Church Podcast. Enjoy this message from Lee Sloan. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for your presence in this place, God. God, we love you, and we thank you that you're pouring out your spirit upon us, Lord. Help us to receive this word by your spirit. Help people to receive even things I don't say, Lord. Help them to hear your spirit this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, I'm really excited about this message, really honored to share on this gift of prophecy. How many of you have been encouraged by prophecy at Abbot Loop Church? Yeah. And so it is the coolest gift of all. And I'm a little biased. I'm the daughter of a prophet, and I I really like it. But I think that I'm in good company when I say it's the coolest gift of all because I think Paul would agree with me, the Apostle Paul, the original Paul. Let's go ahead and dive into this. I don't have a lot of time. I want to get to some activation later. We're going to do some activation. It's going to be fun. So 1 Corinthians 14, starting in verse 1. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. So we just came off of that love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13. Follow the way of love. Especially prophecy. There it is. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them, but they utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. So Paul's a little biased too, right? Paul thinks that this is awesome. So I, I, when I first read this passage, I was nine years old, and I began to hunger and thirst after this gift because Paul told me to. And so I want to encourage you, no matter what stage of life you're in, young, old, no matter who you are, you can desire this gift and you can ask for it. Now, the first, I want to say, first of all, that God is speaking all the time. And the simplest way I can describe prophecy is this. God says his thoughts toward any one of us in this room are like the grains of sand. Not just the grains of sand on one seashore, but the grains of sand. That's a lot of thoughts. So prophecy is as simple as picking up one grain of sand and saying, here you go. That's one of God's thoughts towards you. All right, so the first time that I ever remember really giving a prophetic word, and I'm not even sure if it was totally a prophetic word. It it passed, maybe. But I was about 16 years old, and I was in church, and this older group of people had asked me to come and pray in a group with a lady that needed prayer. And so I was just sitting there agreeing with everyone else, And as the youngest person, everyone seemed old there. (laughs) When you're 16, I guess it does. People seem younger and younger as I get older. But I, I, I was just praying and agreeing with what everybody else was saying. And the lady next to me, who was much more seasoned in the Lord, said, I believe you have a word for this lady. I was like, let me check. I don't think so. No, it's not me. Must be, you must have gotten me confused with someone else. So, She persisted. We went back to prayer, and she's like, Lee, I really think you have a word. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. But she just said, so what are you thinking about? Just give me something, anything. I was like, well, I guess I'm kind of feeling this feeling of love or something, and then maybe just picturing a banner. I don't know, something like that. And this lady that we're praying for just starts weeping. And she's like, that's the banner of love over my children and blah, blah, blah. And I have no idea what she was talking about. But This is how God spoke to me. And I realized from that day on 
that it didn't matter how spiritual I felt, that God was actually constantly dropping things into my head, and those were his words. That was his heart for her. And so I began this journey of like, okay, God, what is it that you have for me? And I realized that I didn't have to feel particularly spiritual. I didn't have to be older. I didn't have to feel mature. And so over the years, I've been in both charismatic and more conservative uh, Christian cultures, and I've noticed some common myths. And so that's what I'm really going to talk about, common myths when it comes to the gift of prophecy. Okay, so let's just dive into myth number one. Prophecy is only for some special people called prophets. Okay? Last week, Pastor Mark did a really great job of distinguishing for us the difference between a gift and that identity of a prophet, right? The person that we call a prophet, like Eleanor, is a prophet, okay? She has devoted her life to building up the body of Christ in the gift of prophecy and to, to encouraging it in other people, right? And to give, giving words and modeling it for us, okay? But, but there's a gift of prophecy that we can all access by the power of the Holy Spirit, all of us. And so that's really what I'm going to hone in on today. I'm not talking about the prophet with a capital P, but I'm talking about that gift that you can access, okay? Because that, it affects all of us, right? So Paul, when he was talking, he expected most of us, or if not all of us, to engage in prophecy. But he didn't expect all of us to be prophets, okay? So in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 5, it says this, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. We don't want to negate tongues here. Tongues are amazing. But I would rather have you prophesy. You meaning you all, right? That's a plural you. And you meaning men and women. And yes, we are going to get into those difficult passages that seems like he doesn't want women to prophesy. We're going to do a whole series on it. So just hang tight. If you can't wait, you can get Mark's book, right? So... I don't want anybody to think that we're skipping over those passages, okay? But in verse 31 of the same chapter, he's instructing them about the proper use of prophecy. And he's like, take turns. Because it, back in those days when they had those home churches, it could get a little wild, right? So in verse 31, he says, for you can all prophesy in turn. But the thing I want you to notice here is it says, you can all prophesy, Will we necessarily all prophesy? Well, that depends on if we want it or not, right? But we can all prophesy by the power of the Holy Spirit. So a little bit earlier in this letter, I think it's chapter 12, he makes a rhetorical statement. He says, are all prophets? Well, the answer to that is no. But can we all prophesy? That's a different thing. Yes, we can. All right? So you can all prophesy. If you look at verse 39, Paul couldn't be any more clear about the attitude he wants us to have toward prophecy. He says it straight up. Be eager to prophesy. Be eager. There's no other gift that Paul speaks of so strongly and so clearly as prophecy. So is God going to force this gift upon us? No, he shouldn't have to because it's really fun, right? And we can encourage those around us. I just think about all of the missed opportunities that we have to encourage the body. Is this body in need of encouragement? Okay. I could use a few more prophetic words. I can tell you that. 
And I think he's going to do that in us today. How many of you are ready for that? All right. Prophecy is also a team sport, and we're going to get into that a little bit later. But it's meant to be done in community, okay? So the myth number two I want to talk about is prophetic-type people are harsh. How many of you have heard this? Okay, if you've been around a long time, you've heard this. Maybe you haven't. If you, if you haven't, that's good. You don't have a lot to undo then. <laughs> but the first thing I want to say about this is that, you know, we're living in a, a psychology-based and personality-based culture, which I really actually love. We get a lot of those fun personality tests and things like that in our Culture 102 class. I mean, pa Passion and Purpose 103. But the gift of prophecy is not a personality, unless you're talking about the personality of the Holy Spirit. But it shouldn't be attributed to a personality trait. And the reason for this is that if it's attributed to a personality trait, it excludes everyone else from using it, right? So prof people who operate in prophecy can be introverted, can be extroverted, can be any shape or size, okay? And the second thing we need to realize about the error of the statement is that harshness really has no place in New Testament kingdom prophecy, okay? It doesn't take a genius to glean this from Paul's writings. When we look in chapter 14, verse 3, he says, But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their, and I want you to say this, strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Does that sound harsh in any way? No. Strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Now, I want to unpack these next verses just so you won't be confused when you go home and read it later on, which I know you all will, right? Okay. Verse 24 through 26 says, If an unbeliever or inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all, as the secrets of their hearts are laid bare. So they will fall down and exclaim, God is really among you. What then shall we say, brothers and sisters? When you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. So what he's saying is when an unbeliever comes in, they're already probably pretty freaked out, but they're not going to be scared off by prophecy. They are going to fall under the Holy Spirit's conviction, not condemnation, right? Now the word judgment might throw us off here a bit, and that's why I want to address this. The word judgment doesn't mean we're going to look down our noses at the person who comes in with sin, because I don't think they're going to respond very well to that anyway, do you? Instead, that word judgment means examination. Examination. So it means it's kind of like, you know, when, you, when you're in this safe environment of prophecy and it's done in love, it's like operating on someone in a safe environment, right? So you can find that thing that's wrong and say, hey, I'm going to free you from this, right? So, so the, the reality of the sin and the comparison with sin and God just don't compute. And they're like, I want to know God. I need to know God. He's real in my life, Okay. The other thing that can be judged and examined is the actual word. When you do it as a team sport, the spirit of God in you can either agree, can agree with the spirit of God in someone else, right? And if there's anything that isn't congruent, it's going to come to the surface, right? And we're going to correct one another when it's done in community, okay? Now, Josh talked a couple weeks ago about the gift of the word of knowledge. Remember that? And he talked about how Jesus gave people words of knowledge, and they rocked their world. The word of knowledge gift opens up the door to prophecy. That's why those things get paired really well. And sometimes 
you don't even notice when it's happening, when someone's prophesying to you, operating between word of knowledge and actual prophecy. So we call it a breaker gift. And so when you get a word of knowledge, it breaks unbelief off you instantly. It's so cool because people are like, God knew me. They, how could he know that thing about me? And so what it does is it brings a person from their past and the identity that they're wrapped up with in their past, and it brings them into the present moment. Okay, God, now what do you have for me? And then when you start speaking prophetically, means speaking to the future in somebody, it brings that person from their present to their future. So you're taking someone out of their past, into the present, into the future. It's really cool, paired together. So I want to look at the story of Nathaniel in John 1. And Josh brought this out a couple weeks ago. So Philip is urging his friend. He's like, come and see this guy. He is the real deal. Jesus is the real deal. And Nathaniel is a skeptic. He's like, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And you sense a little sarcasm in his voice. Just like, can anything good come out of Nikiski? I mean, come on. <laughs> but he really doesn't know if he can believe that Jesus is all that in a bag of chips, like what Philip believes. So he comes, I want to pick up the story in John 1, verse 45 through 51. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you when you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. Then he added, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Can you see how these are paired together? So it, he's coming closer to Jesus. And Nathaniel, you know, he, ha he doesn't know. He's still a skeptic, right? But Jesus calls out the true nature of who God made him to be. The true nature of who God made him to be was not a skeptic. It was the Israelite in whom there was no deceit. And Nathaniel's like, whoa, whoa, you're speaking right to my heart. So Jesus is starting to prophesy that, that future reality into him, right? But then he realizes, okay, this guy still has his defenses up. So he just pulls down a word of knowledge, to that breaker gift, and it breaks his heart open. It, it breaks unbelief off him, and instantly he declares him as the Messiah. And so then he's able to, that, that, there's that open door for him to just prophesy these crazy things, you know, about angels ascending and descending and all the stuff that he's going to encounter. But he has that open window in the, into Nathaniel's life instantly. Here's the thing I want you to see from this, too is that it's not a super great gift to see what's wrong with someone, okay? That is not the gift of discernment. It's the harder part is to see into the future and to see into the person that they were truly created to be, to see past that hardened exterior. That's the nature of true prophecy. And so when you speak it out, what it does, when you speak out that treasure in someone, it calls that thing up to the surface. It makes it stand to attention. And then you begin seeing it in their lives. It's a creative word. And so it's happening right when you speak it out of your mouth. It says to the weak person, you're strong. It says to the, 
the person who feels dirty on the inside, you are clean in Jesus' name. And it's by that faith declaration that things begin to happen, that you're moving things in the spirit. So the third myth that we need to debunk is if you get it wrong, you're a false prophet. This has kept us from a lot that we can experience and that we can step into. Now, this idea comes from a reasonable place. It comes from Deuteronomy, where it talks about the prophets, and if, you know, if they didn't do these things right, they were going to get stoned, okay? So I can understand you being a little scared to prophesy. But I want to say a couple things about this. If you look at the Old Testament, those prophets actually had a different role than we have today, for one, okay? God didn't pour out a spirit on all flesh, so we weren't all prophesying, okay? So that's one thing that you need to keep in mind. But even so, even in the Old Testament, accuracy was only one way that it was measured, okay? So if you look at 1 Samuel 7, I don't have time to go into the story, but go back and look at it. We find that David had a prophet. He had his own, um, you know, prophet that lived with him, Nathan, okay? So David has this great idea. He goes to Nathan, and Nathan gets it wrong. He misses it. How many of you remember that story? All right. He doesn't get stoned, okay? He was still a true prophet operating by the Spirit of God, but he missed it, and he made it right, okay? So even in the Old Testament, if there's grace for him, there's grace for us today, even more so. 1 Corinthians 13, 9 says, we know in part and we prophesy in part. No one prophet has all of the answers or the full picture. Even the early apostles, they went one way. And then they needed to be corrected. But God lovingly corrects and he lovingly instructs. The main thing is we need, to, we need to just relax a little bit, okay, when we prophesy. The main thing is that you're grounded in love, that you're grounded with the foundation of 1 Corinthians 13. That covers a multitude of sins. It even covers your own sins. <laughs> okay, so we can learn from our mistakes. We can clean up our messes, right? And we also need to be grounded in community. That's our other safety net that we have when we prophesy. If you're grounded in community, those things can just come to the surface right away, all right? So you don't need to be fearful of this. And I want to say this, that as we, as I'm prophetically declaring, we are growing in this gift as a church, amen? And as we grow in this gift, there are going to be people that are going to get it wrong, right? And you're going to get a prophetic word that might not be perfect, okay? But this is what I want to empower you to do. First of all, the person giving the word, your only responsibility is to give the word, not to make it happen, right? Not to make someone receive it, okay? The second thing is, the person receiving the word, your responsibility is to take it before the Lord, okay? To weigh, to examine that word, to judge that word. There might be even just a sliver of it that's for you and not the whole thing. You might have a word from someone, and you don't even know if that's true. Just put it on the back burner and just see what God does with it, okay? But we need to be open to hearing the word of the Lord from multiple people. I Don't get caught up on the vessel, the person giving it, and the way that they're giving it. Because God can intentionally give, give you a word through someone that kind of rubs you the wrong way just to show you and to test your heart in that, okay? So, so receive it from the Lord. It's from the Lord, and the parts of it that you need, you can take with you, okay? The other thing I want you to realize 
is that the vast majority of words are conditional. The ones that we give are conditional, meaning that they're spoken in the moment, and if we'll partner with that word, it will come to pass. But if we don't, it doesn't necessarily come to pass. So don't think that when you receive a word, you're going to say that it's a false prophet if it doesn't automatically come true, okay? The prophecy could be totally legitimate, but it's how you interact with that word, okay? So the spirit with which we prophesy is the main thing to be examined right here. I'm not saying the accuracy isn't important, but there are other factors to consider that, rather than the technical accuracy, all right? So that leads us to our next myth, and that's the other side of the coin. If, you're, if you get it right, you're a true prophet, okay? That's also not necessarily true. And I'm going to use one example. It's pretty clear. In Acts 16, Paul and Silas encounter the slave girl, and she's a fortune teller. She's shouting at them, and you would think somebody who's demon-possessed would be shouting obscenities, but instead, she's shouting this. These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. Sounds like an evangelist to me, you know? Not somebody filled with a demon. And she did this for days. She started to get annoying, and they finally just cast the demon out of her. I don't know why they didn't do that in the first place, but I don't know. Maybe they were trying to wonder, you know, she's saying something right. I don't know what we should do with this. But just because you're technically accurate in your statements doesn't mean it's flowing from the right spirit. The spirit of God will always build up and edify the church. Always. It will never tear it down. And so if that's your heart to build up, if it's grounded in love, then the fruit of the spirit is going to be present. Have you ever received a word that you didn't think was right but you felt so loved afterwards that it was worth it anyway. So I want to free you from this, this fear, and I used to walk in this fear too, that I will accidentally do irreparable damage. Even if I'm walking in love, like, you know, I might mess somebody up big time, okay? God would rather us step out in faith than never risk and, and hold back that encouragement that he has for the person next to you. These words are like unopened packages just laying all around you. And some of us don't even see them, but some of us see them and they're, they think they're ticking time bombs. You know, they're afraid, but they're gifts, all right? Num myth number five, the prophetic gift doesn't require practice. We think if you've never given a prophetic word, you might think that if, if I really know it's God, this person is going to fall down and weep, and they're going to repent, you know, instantly. And if that doesn't happen, it probably wasn't a word from God. You know that's not true. <laughs> but Romans 12, 6 says this. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. So that assumes that we don't all have the same measure of faith, does it? That's okay. Paul's not condemning you because you just have a little bit of faith. Prophesy in accordance with your faith. If you're, if you're like, oh, I'm not sure if this is true, that's okay to tell somebody. I'm not sure how I feel. God will give you more and more faith as you step out in it. And so the thing is not so much, am I growing in the prophetic? Is am I growing in my faith? That is where the prophetic's going to flow, right? And I used to think that people like Eleanor who prophesied that were just so amazing, that they just had kind of a movie screen and they didn't really need faith because they knew exactly what God was saying, right? No, that's not true. 
So my dad gave me a really good tip. He's like, he's like, you know, th- those people that are so amazing at prophecy, they don't necessarily hear better than you. They are just used to grabbing a hold of it. They're just used to stepping out in faith and going after it. And they've seen results time and time again. So they know, hey, I'm going to try it again, right? So what does this mean when, when you're taking baby steps in your faith to grow in this? For me, it's meant paying attention to those little things, the little things, and rejoicing when you get those little things, and then God gives you more. When you have little, and you take that little and use it, God gives you more. So it means when you have a weird dream, and you think it was just that burrito that you ate, <laughs> or, you know, when you're, when you're pregnant, you have crazy dreams, right? Maybe it's because there's two people living inside you. I don't know. <laughs> you're getting their prophetic, I don't know. But instead of just, you know, forgetting about it, write it down, at least, you know? Ask God, is there something in this, right? If, if you keep thinking of someone throughout your day and you don't just wipe it away, you go, okay, God, do you have something for me for this? The other day I, I accidentally texted the wrong person that had the same name, you know? And in that moment I was like, wait a second, why did I do that? Maybe, maybe God has a word for this person. So I just gave a simple word, you know? It's paying attention to those little coincidences that happen in your day. We think are coincidences, but they're God's spirit trying to speak to us. Those little tiny impressions, when we lean into them, God's going to give you more. I guarantee it. How many of you have done this? You've leaned into it, and you've gotten more. Look around you. Okay. And even when you start speaking that word out, maybe God gives you the tiniest little word for someone, and you think this is so simple, like Jesus loves you, you know. But you speak it out, God gives you more and more revelation, even in the act of faith of speaking it out. The goal of our walk with God is not to understand so much that we don't need faith. And I, as a teacher, have fallen into this. I need to understand it. I need to understand it. But we go from faith to faith to faith. We never outgrow our need for faith. It can start as simple as just praying aloud for someone that you've never met. Or it can be as advanced as people in California I know. They're going out and they're trying to find missing people with the gift of prophecy. They're partnering with the police to do that. But always, that gift of prophecy will operate in accordance with their faith. Not with accordance to how spiritual we feel that day. Not in accordance to our Bible knowledge or our perceived level of maturity. It operates in accordance with our faith alone. I want to tell you one story. I prophesied to this lady in a church I visited. It wasn't my home church, and I barely knew this lady at all. But I gave her this word, and it was kind of cryptic. It was like something about a Disney princess and all this stuff. And it was kind of long, but I, I went ahead and finished the word, and she had a deadpan expression on her face. I mean, pretty much nothing was happening, you know, and almost slightly annoyed. So I walked away from that thinking, did I just make that up, God? Was it just nothing? And I walked away, okay, whatever. You can do whatever you want with that if you want. So <laughs> if you, whatever. So then this lady comes back to me. We had already planted our church and we were in the theater. She comes up to me. I barely recognize her. But she's like, has a smile on her face. She's like, do you remember that word you gave me? And she had to remind me of it. And it took me back to that time. And then she said, you said all this stuff and you said the word but. And conviction began to fall on me. 
I was like, what is, what's going on? And she's like, I was in an affair at that moment in time. And I knew what that word meant for my life. And I ended the affair because of that word. You know, I could have stopped midway through that word and just said, okay, you're not giving me any feedback. I'm just going to go away. But it was that faith that I was able to step out in and change this woman's life. So you never, ever know. Prophecy requires faith every time. So we're going to put that faith into action real quick. I want to invite up my, my brave volunteers, Lauren Morrow, Rick and Hunter, come on up. And I, I want to ask you guys, is there anyone in this room that's never received a word that would like to receive one today? Come on, somebody brave. It, you know it's good now. You know it's going to be encouraging, right? Anybody? Come on. Oh, come on up. <laughs> Give them a hand, guys. This is, this is faith stretching. Okay, come on over here. Okay, Alan, right? Okay. So, Lord, Holy Spirit, we just ask you for a word. We ask to encourage Alan's heart this morning. Jesus' name. Whoever has something first, just let me know. By the way, I want to I say something about these guys as they're seeking for a word. Lauren is very um, seasoned in the prophetic. And then we have um, Rick and Hunter. They're a little bit newer, right? I mean, you haven't even had that many years on you yet. <laughs> and, and Rick, you've been saved for a year. Is that right? Okay. All right. So, so I just want to show you what people can do, even if they're just saved a year, Okay. So anybody have anything? Yeah. So I knew I was going to be doing this. I didn't know who to, but I've been praying during service, and uh, I got an image, <clears throat> and now I'm seeing it clearly, and it's you sitting in a wheelchair, and your wheelchair is in quicksand. And you're calling out to the Lord, and you're saying, Lord, I'm sinking, Lord, I'm sinking, Lord, I'm sinking. And the Lord is looking at you, and he's saying, you don't need that wheelchair. Get up and walk. And I just feel like the Lord is saying, like, there are some things in your life that you, you've been holding on to um, and that you're thinking that you need <laughs> that you don't need. <laughs> and I just feel like the Lord is saying, like, you're coming into a season um, season of trust. Like, I just feel like the Lord is saying, like, he wants to deepen your trust with the Lord. Um, and it looks scary. It looks really scary. But the Lord is saying, like, do not be afraid, my son. Uh, get up and walk. Wait a couple minutes. Holy Spirit. That's okay. That's okay. Anything you're thinking about? Just pops uh, any picture or even just a feeling that you feel toward him? How was that word for you? Uh, that, that was pretty good. Um, what, what it's really about is, you know, God does show me pictures all the time. One of the last things he showed me was uh, he showed me the bridge to heaven was a cross and that I would be walking on that cross. And, you know, a lot of times I don't tell people what's really going on, but, you know, God did show me in this church that he's absolutely real, and he, he can really move us in ways that we don't expect. Um, I drive cab, for instance, and he shows me people all the time that don't understand what, what the key to God is, and the key to God is the cross, and you know, it's like, you know, when you're driving your car, you stick that key in the ignition, and you actually drive that car. But, you know, if you don't stick your, that key in the ignition, and you don't have the faith that that car is going to go somewhere, you know, it just kind of breaks down. 
All right, Lord, we just thank you for this word, God. We thank you that you seal these words in his heart, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. Okay, so you guys, one last chance? Okay. It's all right. It's all right if you don't get anything, right? Give them a hand for coming up and trying. All right. I know that Rick can hear from the Lord. He actually heard the audible voice of God, and he was only saved for a little bit of time. So I know you guys can hear from God. Go ahead and have a seat. <laughs> Thanks. All right, so, so it's all right. You know, that I wanted to demonstrate how we can risk here. And I just really appreciate that risk that they took to come out here because it's not about if we get anything or if we get it right, but they're willing to be used of God, okay? It reminds me of this, the prophet Samuel. He just, he was such a young boy, right? And he heard the voice of God, but he didn't know what it sounded like, didn't know what it, what it really meant. And he went to Eli three times, and Eli was so dense, he, it took him three times to tell him to ask God. But his heart response was just, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And that's the heart of that childlike faith that we can have, to say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Come on up, Eleanor. I, or, or Robert? Oh, okay, Eleanor. <laughs> okay, I wanted, okay, okay, yeah, we can do that. Um, I just wanted Eleanor, as, as our house prophet, to go ahead and just release prophecy to you. So if you desire this gift right now, just go ahead and stand up. Lift up your hands and let her pray over you. Robert had a word for your son. Can we release that real quick first? Um, can you tell me your name again? Judah. Well, Judah... What happened is I was standing over there earlier during worship. I just looked over, and what I saw was a vision of you. And um, that's the only thing I saw. But then as I pressed into it, I began to see more, and the Lord began to speak to me. What I saw was you uh, looked at something, and then you kind of stood back and smiled, kind of crossed your hands. And then it's like you went like this. What can I do about this? In the... The feeling I got is like you saw something that you can almost like play a trick with. And, um, and I was just hearing the Lord say that, that he likes that about you, that sometimes you might be a jokester. And uh, I don't know if you are or not, but. And he said because he's uh, sometimes a jokester as well in that he's going to have fun with you over the years and you're going to have that back and forth relationship because he'll give you clever things to play on others but he's going to do some clever things with you as well and he's going to play some things with you and it's all in his love for you and who you are and who he's created you to be and then it's like I saw you standing and these people just begin to start gathering around you. And what I heard the Lord saying is that in your life, people are, many people are going to be attracted to you and drawn to you because his favor is upon you. And they're going to come to you and, and uh, you're going to begin to share with them the things of the Lord and the things of the Spirit. And I don't know what that looks like, but I know that there's a day coming when you will speak. You will speak his word to a few. Then you'll speak to his word to more. 
and then you'll speak his word to many. And it'll grow and grow and grow as you say, okay, Lord, I'm going to say yes to you in this. As you say yes to him, he's going to do amazing things for you. And in that, there's going to be such joy that he's going to develop and create in your heart. And he says that he's going to prosper you. He is going to prosper you financially. He's going to give you some business mindsets and and some things like that. He's going to give you some nifty ideas. The Lord says that he is proud of you and his joy is upon you today. Yes, so Judah means praise. Let's give the Lord a praise offering this morning. We thank you, Lord God, that you are good. You are teaching us. God, you are opening our hearts, Lord. I thank you, Father God, for the gift of faith, Lord God, to move in the gifts of prophecy, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that we are open, we are ready, we are willing to receive from you today, oh God. God, that this church is moving into a new river of your spirit, Lord God. I thank you, Father God, that even as the praise and the worship, oh God, goes up, Lord God, that your presence is coming down oh God, in a new way, oh God. Heaven is welcome here, Lord God. We just thank you, oh God. We just ask that you would receive your hearts, all those who would like to receive the gift of prophecy. Just extend your hands to the Lord. Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. He is the testimony of truth. And so, Jesus, we open our hearts to you. We open our hands to you. We open our mouths to you, oh God. We open our ears to you today. You are going to cause us to hear you, oh God, in a new and a fresh way. We open, oh God, our eyes to you, oh God. You're gonna, we're going to see you, oh God, in a new way. Lord, we open our hearts to you afresh and anew. Lord, we just thank you and we praise you, O God, for your goodness and your glory and your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, So Judah, how was that word for you? You don't get to hold the microphone. I know how (laughs) Actually, I was like, a lot of those things were like spot on. I mean, like exactly. I was like, we would we okay, we would we would joke and um. <laughs> Easy now. No, don't tell them the whole story. <laughs> we would joke and we would wonder if God was okay with that, and <laughs> with things you say. Yeah, I know what you're talking. About. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, a lot of those things. I mean, like that's just one of them. Just like the the like the humor part how he's like really my friend and stuff like that but the other part is like i got i got like a prophecy from multiple people but like the same thing a while back when tommy zita was here um basically the prophesying that i would save my school it was (laughs) it's kind of (laughs) awesome and this kid since the time he was like four Maybe five, you better be on your A game to play Monopoly with this kid. When he's always wanted to be a businessman and like do business. So you're like hitting it out of the park here. So I just want to give us just, if you would stand with me, church, as we just close. And 
prayer team, if you come, we're just about to wrap up here. Um, I just want to encourage you that uh, use this gift. If you're afraid of this gift, get a partner. Get someone that's already been trained, that's been in our ministry. You know, if you haven't, I, I'd really encourage you, don't, don't do this on your own, just one-on-one. If you haven't really tried, there's a lot of safety when someone else is there as an accountability person saying, yeah, I don't know if that was really on or not. And it helps protect people from getting hurt if you miss it. Because people can get hurt, right? We want to take risks. You want to go. And Lee, what a phenomenal message. I mean, isn't she so gifted? Aren't we so blessed to have Lee as a pastor and a minister in our church? And I just want to encourage you, like, let's, let's try to be wise and safe about what we do right? And, and, but let's also step out in faith and risk and, and let's go for it. Amen. You know what? God's favor is on you. His favor is on you, right? He wants to move through your life. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're releasing the gifts of your spirit. We're releasing love into your church, love into our community. God, I pray that the gift of prophecy centered and motivated from love would go out through these doors into our cities, our schools, onto the streets, into the job places, into our families, into our marriages. And God, it would begin to just encourage and light up people for you. Help them come to know you and find an identity in you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this message, please connect with us at abbotloop.org and like us on Facebook. Services in Anchorage, Alaska are at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. We hope to see you soon.